All right, welcome, welcome everybody to the second ever episode of URL, Understanding Real Lives, where we understand real lives through real experiences with real people. And I am your host, Victor J. Baez, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Julian Lachey. He is here right now. How are you? Hey, doing very well, Victor. Thank you very much for having me on. Yes, sir. We can't have the show without talking to Julian Lachey. So it's great. Thank you for being here. Just kind of wanted to, first off, for people that don't know, um, your name is Julian Lachey, but what, who are you? What is your title? Yeah, I mean, so that's it. I'm, I'm Julian Lachey. I'm a photographer. I'm an independent photojournalist. I've been, yeah, I've been heavily covering the, the Black Lives Matter movement. In, in New Jersey, in New York. I think that's where my work is most known. Um, but yeah, that's me, Julian mm-hmm. Lachey. I think for myself, definitely, like photography and documentation has been definitely new to me. Like I know photographers exist, but until the movement came, I didn't understand what independent journalists meant. I didn't know what photographer really meant. So like for somebody that has no idea what it means, even just in a general scope, like what's kind of, what does that really mean, being a documenter or independent journalist, like you said? So I think it might might mean a couple different things to different people, depending on how you look at it. But a photojournalist would be someone who who is a journalist who documents events that are happening through photography and through the lens of their camera. Um, yeah. And then a documentarian, I think maybe has a little bit of a different, um, less strict guidelines then a photojournalist, a journalist has pretty strict guidelines to follow in, in terms of their work. Um, and a documentarian is, yeah, you know, either through photo or film, documents whatever their project or whatever they want to be documenting. They're just in there and they're, you know, getting deep down to their root of their story and they're capturing what happens. They're not, not heavily too involved in it, but they're really just documenting what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can say to that point that you just said, as being involved in it, I could say that you personally, knowing you, that you are very involved in it. Because I remember when specifically talking about the Black Lives Matter movement that's been going on, which is how we met. I just remember that you were always there at every single New Jersey BLM event, protest, march that was happening. And then so kind of to that note, as being kind of the main sort of in my eyes, you know, documenter, photographer, journalist, even you've kind of been everything for New Jersey. Like, how was it being the main one really to start off with? And of course, you met others along the way, but how was it being the one that was always there at these actions? I think first, being one of the one of the only, sometimes the only photographer at a lot of these small events, it was cool to get to know the people in the movement. It was cool to get to know the same faces that showed up. Um, each and every time that I was there, but they showed up instead of a camera, they showed up with a sign, they showed up with a megaphone, they, they showed up to lead the march. So it was cool. Yeah, showing up to all these events, documenting these people and getting to know the people who I was photographing, who I was documenting. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the coolest things about about being like a small photographer in a group where there wasn't a lot of press covering these events. And so was this kind of your first time since the BLM movement, you know, for a lot of us, kind of started with George Floyd, but previously were you covering other, you know, aspects, BLM or non-BLM related? How did that kind of work for you? Yeah, I think before George Floyd happened, I 
was not doing photojournalism really at all. I was kind of just documenting my own kind of life and the things that I was doing. I was always into photography, but once, yeah, I think once Floyd happened, there was definitely a different switch in the way that I wanted to document the the need that came from me, like wanting to be out there to cover every, you know, every protest within 50 miles of me. Did you kind of had to learn along the way going from the first protest and then moving onwards in May all the way to June and now we're already in 2021. How did you kind of learn, you know, to be this kind of journalist, this, this photographer? Yeah, there was absolutely a huge learning curve because like I said earlier, there photojournalism and journalism in general has pretty strict guidelines. Um, so yeah, getting starting off, I was just, you know, just there taking, you know, just there taking photos, being a part of what's going on. Um, and then it switched to me, you know, figuring out what journalism is, what photojournalism is, how they act, how they cover events, the amount of like the amount of attention to detail and the amount of like, um, I guess I'm trying to say, uh, like you really learn the ins and outs yeah, think, of, the, of the sort of, I, yeah, I, I guess so. I think it's, you do, yeah, you do like, you do learn the ins and outs, you do learn like a little bit more of the trade secrets behind photojournalism. Um, I think it was a huge learning curve, though. It was a lot of time going back after the events, talking, watching, you know, YouTube videos, mm -hmm. doing a lot of online research. Um, I would talk to every photographer who I saw who had a press pass at these events. You know, I would just pick their brain. How do you do this? What do you think about this? Like, why are you here covering for this? Who do you work for? So there was a lot of that going on as well. I think it's been it's been a wild journey and I've learned so much about activism and photojournalism in this past 2020, the past year. 100%. And then I I think definitely for the listeners that are protesters or that go out to these events, when you go out to different, you know, cities, different towns in Jersey, as we know, there's a million different towns. So if you go to New York City, uh, we definitely conduct ourselves, at least personally, in different ways, depending where we at, depending on, you know, the event, depending on the police presence, et cetera, et cetera. And now as a, as a, as a journalist, as a, as a photojournalist, um, as somebody with the camera, and that's your main role, do you have to act differently or use different tactics when you're in these different locations as a New York City versus a, you know, let's say 10 5, New Jersey or Ridgewood, New Jersey? Are there different ways you have to go about your business? Um, yeah, definitely. So each in New Jersey, there's definitely like each town has their own police force, has their own little things. So you have to be um, wary about that. And then as you go further into different cities, um, each each place kind of has their own scene of activists and how they like to handle their protests and handle their their marches and some of them aren't you know aren't very aren't very kind to to press and to people with cameras there um mm -hmm. so in like that situation i do try to be like a little bit low kind of blend in a little bit more not take as many photos try to get to talk to more people just kind of get to know the scene when i'm in an unfamiliar area because it, it can be dangerous for sure. Mm -hmm. I definitely see that. And then, so where are the places that you've kind of been to for people that may have not followed you on Instagram yet? Um, or where have you kind of been at documenting and, and taking these photos and, and being a part of history? Yeah, totally. So we talk definitely New Jersey. Um, I definitely go into New York often as well. New York has a lot of, a lot of um, actions, protests going on. So I'm in New York. I've only been to, I went down to Philly once for um, the Walter Wallace Jr. riots. And then I make reoccurring trips down to Washington, D.C. every time there's a, I guess, a notable or bigger action or event happening. 
then mm -hmm. I'll, I'll definitely drive down to Washington, D.C. to cover those. I remember those are some of the images that, at least for me personally, um, I think resonate the most when you were down in D.C. for some of the the events there. And if I'm not mistaken, you also went to Virginia a couple of times or once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to Virginia also as well. I only went there once when, yeah, I went there once when I was already in D.C. Something was happening and it was only, you know, not too far down from D.C. So, yeah. I noticed that a lot of times you are literally on top of the action, super close. I remember one of the first shots, first shots where I definitely noticed you was in uh, Fairlawn and you have the a shot of an officer um, about to, it looked like pulling out, you can explain it more, but pulling out his his service weapon, his his pistol at a protester. Um, but how do you get so close to these actions where you're able to really capture literally from behind or right in front of an action or a something that's happening how do you get so close to to what's going on being close is i think it's um it's kind of my photography style as well being up close and personal getting those really intimate um sometimes you know pretty crazy shots the way that i like to do it is is to kind of get friendly with you know the protesters and the activists who are there and you know they're they're there i'm there with them where and i'm you know while that's happening we're on the front lines of whatever protest or action is happening and you just yeah and then also while you're up there who knows can who knows what happens at a at a protest stuff can kind of go crazy on a split second's notice so it's always important you know just keep your head on a swivel keep watching keep wary of um where crowds are going where the energy is going and you could you could almost um kind of like get an intuition feeling about when something's going to happen i see yeah. i see Definitely. I know we feel that feeling and obviously you just alluded to it that you feel that feeling of where to be at depending on the energy, the vibe, the circumstances. Yeah, and then also you touched on this earlier a little bit and this is something super new to me. I'm talking as in the last couple months as in two, three months is something uh, that you mentioned a press pass. Uh, what does that kind of do uh, for you or for others that have a press pass? What does it mean and what are you able to do with it? So there's like different, I guess, kind of levels of press pass ish. Um, so like mine, I'm a member of the NPPA, the National Press Photographers Association, and that's just a journalist and press photographers <laughs> um, guild kind of. Well, they'll you're you're a member. They have guidelines and everything for you to follow. They'll give you advice, and it's just like part of this like press photographers community. Um, so that's what mine is. And okay. but what a press what a press press does is it usually just lets you get closer to the action in like blocked off events. Sometimes you can get, you know, behind police lines or on the sidelines of games um, for, for like, if you're shooting sports events, it's really just like a public um, symbol that you're wearing that says here, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm not here to mess or do anything with any of the actions. I'm just here to document what happens. And it's kind so of that like that public symbol, yeah. So that means you're official, that you are the real deal if you have that <laughs> hanging from your neck. Exactly, exactly. Don't mess with me, huh? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then uh, also, even with the press pass, or even without it, you know, of course, you have this, you know, freedom of press that you're supposed to have, specifically, I guess, talking more about protests and actions like that. Uh, do you feel like that is suppressed sometimes for you physically or for you as a just capturing these moments? Do you ever feel like sometimes you know, your rights are violated as as being a member of the press. There's definitely times where, yeah, where you're people don't want you taking photos, people block you, people get in your way. Police are not happy with you taking photos at all. So there's definitely, um, yeah, some levels of 
of the suppression in that. And then yeah. to speak specifically on an account in New York City, a photographer who's always been to these events was was arrested um, in New York wow. City for yeah for unjustifiably. And it was and then when the M NYPD gave out a statement, they said that she was not press. So wow. and it's tricky because who who can decide, especially the police, on who's press and who's not. You know, they're, the police are not allowed to make that call mm -hmm. or shouldn't be allowed to make that call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've noticed that a lot more. I've, I've seen as you and others have taken, you know, these kind of pieces of evidence and pieces of history. But a lot of times pieces of evidence in, in unlawful arrest or in actions from law enforcement that are deemed, you know, unnecessary, et cetera, that now they have kind of sort of going after almost oppressing a way and trying to either block you guys physically, like you said, or trying to just suppress you in some sort of shape or way, shape or, or fashion. So that's definitely interesting that you brought that up. And, and I'm sure there's been a lot of cases like that where people of the press have been arrested or, or, or just, just not being able to do what their, the constitution says you're allowed to do. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then now for somebody, I guess you can even kind of say in today's, in today's sense, if you look back into the summer, but, for somebody that is is looking at at your work, what do you want them to understand? Let's say from a series of pictures from from that day. Do you want to understand the story of that day? Do you want them to understand the whole issue at hand of maybe why that event or protest was happening? How is it that you want somebody to look at your work? Specifically to look at my work, um, I definitely want to get the full story out. If you look on my social media, it's pretty rare that I would post like a single photo of a protest. It's usually, you know, at least like eight, eight to 10 images that try to portray the whole story of what happened that day. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would like to, you know, inform people on what's going on in their community. I think people should know what's, what's happening, especially at these, um, at these actions and protests. That's mostly what I cover. That's the reason why I got into photojournalism is I think it's important for people to be informed about what's going on. And with photography, that's not only like my passion and my creative, creative outlet, but I think it's an easier medium to get to the public instead of like a whole long article of just words. I think it's, you see it, you see an attractive, you see a good photo and it's, it's just an easier invite into the conversation mm -hmm. of, of these issues and what happens. Yeah, probably what I would want people do take away from my work is it's a full story. Look at it from from all sides. And then also this 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 is either happening. You're either checking me out because this is happening in your community and you should know. Or if you're not in my community, maybe maybe this is happening in your community and you aren't aware of it. And there's yeah a lot of local things happening that you can get involved in. And then, so now let's say looking into the future a little bit, trying to be a little more futuristic. If we look at this, uh, your work specifically, right? Let's say 50 years down the line, or even if you show your kids at some point, right? Um, what do you want them to kind of get out of it 50 years from now? Is there something specific that you want to know? Is, it, is there a certain message you want, to, you want hopefully people to understand 50 years from now? Um, yeah, I, I hope that a lot of, and it probably not, I'm unsure, but I'm hoping that a lot of these issues aren't, aren't still happening in 50 years. You know, that's the hope, of course. Yes. Um, I hope that these, these images can eventually be looked at as just like historical, this is what happened, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm glad that we had to go through this to, for it to no longer be a part of this country. Um, yeah, and then also I would, you know, I would probably want that 
that little kid who's in a local community who sees this kind of stuff happening, who I would want him to go pick up a camera and want him to, to go document what's happening and for him to have that, yeah, you know, that kind of, that kind of power, that kind of creative outlet, that kind of, that kind of need that I feel it is. Yeah, I would, I would hope that I could inspire some, some little teenager 50 years down the line to, to just go take photos of everything he sees. I've always wondered this, um, when we get older, because a lot of us are in the same age, right? When we get older, let's say even five, 10 years from now, will you be able to photograph our weddings and our baby showers and our birthdays <laughs> and all of that type of, type of fun life stuff? <laughs> Oh my goodness, absolutely. I would want nothing more than to shoot your wedding, Victor. Yes, yes. No, one day, because if I want anyone there, it has to be Julian Lachey. Do what That's it. Do whatever you want. <laughs> but definitely. That's definitely. it. I'll be there. I'll, I'll document. I'll document your, your whole life. <laughs> That's super cool. And uh, for people that may not uh, already follow you and know where to find you, how do they find you? Social media, website, how does that work for you? Yeah, so it's just my name. My two biggest um, places where you should go check out my work is Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. And then my website, which I just redid. So you guys should definitely go check it out. And it's both of the, well, Instagram is ju at Julian Lachey. And then mm -hmm. website is www.julianlachey.com. Got it. Okay, so julianlachey.com, Julian Lachey on Instagram. That's perfect. And one simple. final question. Yeah, simple. <laughs> Your name. <laughs> and one final question as well. Um, which I always find curiosity in asking um, photojournalists, documenters, et cetera, is um, what is kind of your favorite moment that you have captured in general? Um, is it a specific day? Is it a specific you know, time period that you've captured? Like what is that day or that moment where you were like, wow, I'm so glad I took out my camera and I got this, these, these photos? Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think there's probably I can think of two times right off the bat, probably. The first one, which you brought up earlier, was with the Fairlawn, one of the early protests where the mm -hmm. officer um, whipped out a, a police baton. And that was the first time that I had, you know, caught really up close images of, um, of I guess, a notable, a notable event, a notable incident. So mm -hmm. that was the first time that everything kind of clicked, everything sparked. I got the photos, they were clear and people saw them. And that was I think that was probably the first time where I was like, I can't believe I was out here documenting that day and that yep. I caught that because it wasn't, it was not any other cell phone footage or anything else. Those, that's the only um, yeah. physical form that that event lives in. Yeah. And then another one um, is probably one photo specifically of the George Washington Bridge. Yes. I think yes. That was just, you know, just in an unreal time, a really yes. cool, cool event to document. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's something that that picture is definitely I don't know why I don't have it framed now but I'm gonna need to contact you because that picture needs to be framed because that was the first time I think the DW was ever shut down by by people if I'm, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure but yeah I know it was uh I know it was a really cool photo it was New Jersey New York New Jersey yeah. was Lincoln Arms stopping traffic yeah. on the bridge yeah, yeah it was a it was a cool time to be documenting Jersey strong, to say the least. <laughs> Credits to you for always being out there since, uh, since the beginning, being able to, to be a part of history, because at the end of the day, we're going to live history through people like you that were able to be there and, and, and 
capture these moments, these, these historic moments that historic times we're living in. And um, it's definitely, I think New Jersey, not that they they don't appreciate you because we appreciate you so much, but I think in a couple of years from now, we're really going to say like, wow, you know, Julian along with some of these others, but Julian especially, you know, is, is somebody that we definitely have to tip our hats to because if it wasn't for him, it's almost like it never happened, you know. Uh, and and that's just that's just been amazing for you. So definitely thank you for for, for doing this. Um, you said Julian Lachey is your website, Julian Lachey on Instagram, right? Up, yep, yep, Julian Lachey all across the board. Perfect. So definitely give Julian a follow. Thank you so much for being on the show, for being on URL, where we understand the real life of a photojournalist, of a photographer, of somebody who documents history and in the purest form. So thank you so much for being on the show. And do you have any final remarks you want to tell to the listeners here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing much. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep documenting all you documentarians that are out there. It's important to what's going on. Whatever else you guys believe in, you activists, just keep going for it. And yeah, thank you very much, Victor. It's been awesome talking to you, chatting with you. It's been a pleasure to be on the URL podcast. And we'll, we'll talk soon.